I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition, actually the 100th edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. Ooh. That was Guard Dog Steve with the woo. Yeah, the 100th edition. I'm stoked. 100 centennial. And let's see. How did we get 100 when it says 103 on the? Only God knows. Only God knows. (laughs) It is the 100th because there was a few special short editions in Easter, so we didn't count those in the original. Right, right. 100 of the Thursday podcast. Actually, let's just be honest. We, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying and, to make up a... And we can't count. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's the 100th edition of the Guardians of Grace... The subject's got to be grace. Got to be grace. And we, we, we picked a famous grace verse. Good deal. Good deal. But what happened when we picked it and started looking at it, we kind of got our minds blown, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. You were pointing out some cool stuff. I think we should point it out on this podcast. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. The verse in the verse being highlighted, I guess you could say, would be Titus 2, 10, 11, and 12. Those are the focus verses. Yeah, if you want to put them together. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, it might be helpful to read Titus 1 through 12. Okay. Do you mind reading it, Bill? I think I got the left eye syndrome again. I just can't see everything to the left side of the page. Okay, I'll read it. And Holy Spirit, please restrain me from commenting on each verse. (laughs) Amen. Amen. It'll be a 12-hour podcast. Okay. Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in the behavior, their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, 
teaching what is good. For they that encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Forgive me for a moment. That the word of God may not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things. Show yourselves to be an example of good deeds with purity in doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Urge bond slaves or employees to be subject to their own bosses in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. There it Amen. Is. Amen. Amen. All right, we, we started off with a bunch of do's and don'ts, but I just want to mention that it said, so they would adorn the doctrine of grace. In, in other words, that's why you do your do's and don'ts and you live a righteous Christian life, not so that God will be pleased with you or that he's not going to forgive you or anything. All that's been taken care of at the cross, but for the sake of this gospel, which is a very legitimate reason to not want to be a Yahoo, for the sake of this gospel, we saw some do's and don'ts. Because of damage to the message. And he's going to say the message right there in your focus verses. So, first thing we should know is there's two types of instruction in the Bible. There's law and grace. Now here is where grace is teaching. It's in Titus 2, 11 and 12 and 13. Let me read it. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing, it's teaching, us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So it's teaching us to be stand-up guys right there. Grace is teaching us to be stand-up guys. Do you have any example of where the law teaches us to be a stand-up guy? Let's go to Proverbs 1, 3. Oh, you do? Okay. Do. <laughs> okay. That was quick, Bill. That was quick. Okay. Proverbs 1.3 says that these Proverbs are given to receive instruction. That's teaching. And if you look in a Greek Septuagint, it's the same word used for teaching in Titus 2.11-13. through 13. Awesome. It, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. 
So it teaches to be a stand-up guy, just like yes. Titus was, but just a different thing is teaching. A different thing is our teacher. And I was always taught that, I think you were too, that grace is not what you put new believers under, that you give them the proverbial yeah. instructions. Right. Teach them rules first. Mm-hmm. Because grace is a a mature doctrine, or yeah. <laughs> or license to sin. Yeah, teach but, them right and wrong first. Right, but get a load of this. Right, here's the word used for teaching. It is. Remember where it says. The grace of God has appeared, mm-hmm. teaching yes. all men. It's a verb. It's a present participle. Okay. It's, it, mean it, it's always teaching. teaching. It's always teaching. To train up a mature Christian and educate. It doesn't say that. You know what it says? To train up a child to educate. This is for new believers, old believers. So when they say believers. say don't give grace to a new believer, they're defying that passage. That passage says uh, train up a child. To train up a child, and it's literally the ABCs. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The the kindergarten. Yeah. 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 The grace so, of God. We've debunked that myth that you shouldn't give grace to a new believer. Right, and so... You should give him a lot of things that he's got to unlearn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you give them law or teaching... And the law is anything that's put upon your human effort to do. Right. Right. And what does the law ultimately teach, Bill? That you can't keep any of it. That you can't live righteously, soberly in this present world. That you need grace. (laughs) Ultimately. (laughs) To to get right to the point, the law was given to lead us to Christ. The law was given to give up on ourselves. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin, Romans. Yeah, I just want to, while you're getting ready, I, I just want to mention the idea that when it says it, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness, that that it's the opposite of godliness, that's for sure, but one is like it said, these people have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. They're imitating godliness. They have a form of it, but it's not real godliness because it's not God coming through them. That is godliness. Ungodliness is your best efforts. It's not smoking and drinking. It's your best efforts is still ungodly. Yeah, you just said denying the power of God in 1 Corinthians one twenty four. Christ is the power of God. Christ yeah. is the wisdom of God. Yeah. I think a, a great way to 
demonstrate what you just said was the rich young ruler because he came to Jesus and said teacher what no good teacher what good things must I do to inherit eternal life he didn't say what good things can God do through me in fact Jesus starts it off by saying why do you call me good only God, God is, is good. So if you're going to do good things and only God is good, what are you going to have to wait on? Yes. And please remember Romans 3.10 where it says, There is no one righteous, none who does good. No, not one. No, not one. So the rich young ruler says, What good things must I do? And Jesus gives him the first type of righteousness which is what you must do he gives him the law and he said you know the commandments and he lists some of the commandments honor your i think he lists like six or seven commandments right yeah yeah and the rich young ruler says all these things what i have kept yes then jesus said one thing you you lack one thing go sell all that you have and give to the money, give the money to the poor. And the rich young ruler walked away disappointed because he wasn't able to do it. Only God in him could do what Jesus asked him to do. His self-preservative instinct or his human nature would not allow him to give away the things he needs to live. He couldn't do it. Yeah. No way he could do it. And the disciples, they picked up on that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Because they said, this is a hard saying, Jesus. Who can do this? Right. And Who? I hope you're saying that. Who can do this? What was Jesus' answer, though? Yeah. Well, let, let's just make sure we know the disciples were saying, Who can give away the things that you need to preserve your own life. Who can wow. give away money that helps you preserve your own life? And then Jesus says, with man, it's impossible because man will always try and live. He'll always try and keep what it takes to live. But with God, all things are possible. Can we not say the same thing about the law? Who can be righteous by keep observing the law? Could we say the same thing with men? It is impossible. But with God? All things are possible. We can live a stand-up Christian life. With God? Yes. So, so the Proverbs instructed us to keep the law. And the Old Testament is filled with instruction. And the Old Testament is filled with testimonies of failure of people to keep follow the instructions. They were witnesses against themselves for 2,000 years. So was it a commitment thing, Steve? No. It was a nobility thing. Humans do not have the ability to reach such a high standard. With people, it's impossible. Yes. 
but with God, all things impossible. Do you know that when we look at this, that's actually what this is going to teach us? Yes, it is. So let me get to the... I'm going to go back to Titus 2. Mm-hmm. And we've just received in verses 3, I'd say 1 through 9, no, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. 1 through 10, we've received very practical instructions. What older men, mm-hmm. older women, young men, employees, mm-hmm. covered it all, but mm-hmm. they must do. For the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. Not for the sake of getting to heaven or pleasing God. No, it's to protect your message and give it the integrity, give it the credibility yes. it deserves. Right. You can't <laughs> you can't live like a Yahoo with a, a message of living righteously. Right. Okay. So how do we do the impossible? Well, verse 11 is going to tell us and this is something, I, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't really seen it. But I was, you know, I do teach uh, middle schoolers once a month uh, for an hour. And uh, it's a blast because, you know, I'm a big kid myself, never grown up. But we were talking about this verse because we were talking about giving them instructions and I wanted to point out to them that you can't keep any of these instructions and point out to them that it's the grace of God that teaches you to do something so I'll just tell you the same thing I told them you remember the Sermon on the Mount Jesus gives some instructions Mm -hmm. and um, so one of the things he said if someone smites you on the cheek, little King James there, you're to what? Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. And I asked Then give them, him a black eye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was <laughs> We're not supposed to give him a black answer. eye. Yeah, yeah, that would be the middle school's answer. One thing about kids, they're honest with what they think. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't try and give answers you want to hear. They Nope, they would definitely say it's time for a black eye. If yeah. somebody slaps me in the face, it's time for a black eye. And so I said, how many of you could forgive them? And none of them could. Then I said, do you know if you forgave them, you're not finished with the commandment? It Wasn't there a follow-up? Yes, there was. Not only do you got to forgive them, you have to turn the other cheek so they can slap that one too. Then forgive them. Amen. So they all admitted that they couldn't do it. Right. Right. And we need to we need to be honest and admit that we can't do these instructions in Mm-mm. Titus 2, 1 through Mm -hmm. That's why the grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness, which is none other than human effort. Say no to uh, human effort. 
So the law teaches us to say no to ungodliness? No. And the great. grace of God yeah. teaches us, but which one's successful? The law teaches us that we can't do it, and grace teaches us to depend on God in us and not try and do it an ungodly way or a way without God. That's perfect, Steve. When I said the law teaches us to say no to ungodliness, I meant it teaches, mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. tells us to. Right. That's what I should have said. Yeah. But, but, but it on. teaches us that we can't. That's, and you just made that point. So yeah. Say that again. It, yeah. The law tells ended us, up teaching yeah. us for 2,000 years that we couldn't do the righteous requirements of the law and that grace taught us that we have the spirit in us and if we walk by the spirit all the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us who do not walk according to human effort but walk according to the spirit's power Romans 8 4 so Right, so we're going to go back to our definition of teaching. Okay. And it's training, and it means to train up a child and to educate. So it's the grace of God that educates and trains us up. And it's for new believers and old believers. Excuse me for doing that. Verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Okay, this salvation is not the go-to-heaven salvation that we tend to put everyone into. What it, it, it could be also translated deliverance. Or rescue us. It, it's instead of an eternal salvation, we're talking here about a temporal salvation. What are we talking about? One through ten. All of, temporal heaven. Yeah, no, no, we're not. We're talking about living in a, the day. We're talking about doing the impossible, living the exemplary Christian life. Yeah, which, each day, which the disciples and Jesus Himself said, "With men, it's impossible." Yes. So we need to get delivered from the impossible. From ourselves. And the way you get delivered from the impossible is be, to be saved by the possible. Correct? Yes. Good, good way to put it. Here's the possible. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing deliverance to all men. Deliverance from the impossible. At the rapture. (laughs) That's what I thought. This this always seemed to be because it goes on to say looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great Savior our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's got nothing to do with at the rapture. It's talking about Right in at two o'clock in the afternoon, the appearing of Jesus, or three o'clock, the appearing of Jesus through your mortal body. 
And it's one of the words that we've repeated over and over on Guardians of Grace. The word for waiting for the... Let me get it right. I bet it's For the grace of God has appeared. You're about to say... I bet it's epiphania. It is epiphania. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is the noun for a manifestation. Right. It's a noun. We're waiting for a noun. We're waiting for a manifestation. So, it's a noun and then it's a verb. Mm -hmm. It's a verb and then it's a noun, actually. Right. He has appeared, past tense verb, and now we're waiting for a noun and appearing of Jesus. We wait. Every day, each and every day, it's what we're waiting on. So it's a noun and a verb of the same word, epiphania. One is a, a verb, uh, he appears, and mm-hmm. then one is a noun, which is a manifestation. Yes. And they're from the same word. Yes. So I'm going to read 10, 11, and 12, and you're going to help me out by, we're going to, Unpack this. Okay. Because it's cool if we get it. If God gives us to us. Okay, verse 11. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared. That's the verb. Bringing salvation to all men. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Wow, I just realized it's parallel to Romans 10. Actually, it's saving us from embarrassment, where everybody else thinks it's saving us from hell in a lot of times when you read that, it says bringing salvation, salvation from hell, you think, but it's not. It's in time. In, if you look at it in context, it's in your day-to-day life. You're getting an, a salvation by his appearing through you. So let's, let's look at it in a practical way. <clears throat> okay, we're to turn the other cheek, right? Yep. We're to... What was the word you just... Epiphania? Epiphania. But before that, you said ungodliness is doing it without God. Without God, yes. Right. Okay. So it tells us to turn the other cheek. This is telling us the grace of God teaches us to wait for the manifestation of Christ or wait for the manifestation of the spirit of the man who turned the other cheek over and over and over again until he died he that is a great point there was never a more innocent person yes on the face of the earth that was accused and had to turn the cheek over and and 
the very words he said was, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Yes. And like it says in, in Corinthians, it was God in Jesus reconciling the world to himself. His power to be able to be so docile under such a beating was the power of God, none other than the power of God. He, he could easily have said on the cross, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because it's the Father working in me. So let's get real a moment. All right. Someone smacks you upside the head, Steve. What's your first reaction? My human nature will, will protect itself. Okay. If you're going to have to, if you're going to need the spirit to turn the other cheek, what does it say to do? Wait on the spirit. Wait on the spirit. Those who wait on the Lord will exchange their strength and mount up on eagles' wings. So the flesh always comes first in the spirit. So a practical way to do it, a practical application is always wait for the spirit's power to kick in. And always give the spirit the credit for doing it. That's huge for a new covenant Christian because that's what you get judged on at the end of time. What you gave the spirit inside of you credit. That's why I said, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you won't be, you, you'll be condemned in this age and the one to come because it's the spirit that does it through you and you need to give him credit to store up treasures in heaven. So this is saying to wait, isn't that very similar to Isaiah 40, the famous passage, those that wait, wait on the Lord shall what? Renew, exchange exchange their strength they mm -hmm. shall mount up on wings of eagles mm -hmm. that's a picture of the holy spirit right yeah there. yeah yeah they shall run and not go weary they shall take abuse and keep taking it and forgive that's the spirit's power and that in your own strength your own without God strength your own ungodliness strength is impossible to do so this verse is actually not talking about a rapture not talking about a second coming it's saying it's talking about day-to-day -day salvations and what are we always waiting for a manifestation of the spirit that's it so all this instruction in verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 is for older men, older women, employees, no. kids. No. Train up a child. Grace trains up a child to say no to ungodliness. Exactly right. But it's it, the instruction is to all these people, but... Then he says how you do it with the grace of God has a manifested. Yes. Has appeared. In other words, he, he gave us a bunch of do's and don'ts for the sake of the gospel, not for the sake of going to heaven or anything, because you're already going. But for the sake of the gospel, there was a bunch of do's and don'ts given. And then in 11 and 12, there was a how to do 
the do's and don'ts, and that's to wait on God to express himself through your mortal body. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Lord and he lives in you by his spirit? And those are the two manifest words he gives us, the epiphania and then the And then the uh, verb is the epiphano, which is to shine upon and to become visible. And in us, it's a manifestation. But with Jesus, it was he appeared and he shined. And we, we all saw it. And then when we're waiting for him, to manifest in our life. That's why we spend so much time using that word manifest. It is a manifestation, and that's what Titus 2, 10, 11, and 12 is talking about. That's what the whole new covenant is talking about, manifesting. Jesus has appeared to be the way, to show the way or be the way. Through me sometimes and other times through you. And it comes about by not reacting, but waiting. Waiting is a key, a key to letting the spirit. Yeah, I would say it equals depending on. Yes. To borrow from Clint Eastwood, the man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> And you have to know what you're capable of, which is which pretty is much apart from God, nothing. <laughs> so you're always waiting, and doesn't that make just Titus two ten eleven and twelve so much more understandable than we're waiting to be raptured out of here? Yeah, yeah, that's a ball of confusion. There, that is totally missing what. Paul is trying to say to Titus. It was similar to the... Something I did for probably 20 years. I missed it. I'm not any better than anybody else. Finally, the picture became clear. That was my... That was my Christian life in a nutshell. Get saved... Say the sinner's prayer. Do your best. When you die, you'll go to heaven. Or the rapture might come get you beforehand. Mm -hmm. Didn't you go it. to jail for not turning the other cheek? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did not wait. Yeah, that was 38 years ago, but it's funny to laugh about. I was... Pretty much told I had the right to remain silent, but I did not have the ability. Because <laughs> I didn't wait. Yeah, yeah. And mine was something so stupid. Mm -hmm. For $3, I went to jail. Yeah. To make a point. Right. A righteous point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a point. What a point. But look what I did. Those There was like seven or eight guys that I'd been witnessing to, telling them they need to go to church. And 
all those seven or eight heathen in my book and one Christian, and guess who went to jail? Yeah, and it's the classic Titus right there. Do a bunch of these things for the sake of the gospel that you love so much and you wanted to share with those people. Toe the line for their sake, not for the sake of getting into heaven or anything. For the sake of the gospel. There's there's one thing that you have that is more valuable than money or anything. It's, it's your witness. It's your, your testimony, I guess you could say. Integrity. It's your integrity. That you can lose. Uh, talks in Revelation about having your lampstand taken away. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven now. It just means... You blew it. Yeah. No, no, nobody cares what you have to say anymore. Right. You're just... That's why it says don't be drunk with wine because that is dissipation. Like the dew on the grass in the morning, it dissipates your gospel message. Yeah. Just like dew on grass. And that's why we want to toe the line because we don't want our gospel to dissipate and become worthless. Yeah, we really we have the same goal as the, the legalists. In one sense, we want to have the exemplary Christian life testimony. Yeah. But we, we differ greatly on how, how you, you do it. Yeah, it's by the Spirit's power. And there, there's one thing I just wanted to mention um, back in, in 11 and 12, where, where it says we're looking for the appearing. That, that word's actually predicami. And it should be rendered waiting. It is if you read further in the definition. Yes. It's to await or waiting. Yeah. It really should be waiting for the appearing. Right. Looking gives that idea a little bit, but waiting gives it a lot better. Yeah. Almost resting. Yes. Ceasing from your activity. Right, which is what Hebrews is is about. Make every effort to enter the rest. Make every Every effort effort to to stop performing in your own human strength. Yeah, make every effort to wait. To wait, that's it, that's it. In 1 John it talks about racing ahead. Don't race ahead. Those people who raced ahead and didn't, stay in our teaching what did Paul teach a way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church yeah and and it says that in John says that too in uh, one of the first John letters I can't remember exactly it's okay but yeah not racing ahead too exactly same thing as Paul yeah yeah so we As you see, the whole New Testament is really explaining this new covenant. God said, I will make a new covenant with you whereby I put my spirit in you and cause you to live 
an outstanding Christian life and to please the people around you and to be the servant of the people around you because that's what we are. We are servants of God, but we're not serving God. We're not lighting his candles or anything like that. We are servants of God to the people around us, which means we have to look and act and talk right. Depending on the spirit for and everything. Exactly. It's the only way to look and act and talk. The only person who can act like Jesus is Jesus. So you've got to wait on Jesus to manifest himself in you. Which is what that verse actually says. Waiting for the manifestation of Jesus. Yes. That's really what it means. Yes. Waiting for a manifestation of the spirit of Christ. In yes. Us. And he's always been faithful. We've been waiting on him built for 30 years uh, but he, he's always come through faithful just even even like this podcast um, we're waiting on him to do many things we, we we want the podcast to grow we we want people to hit the like button and the share button and the have you seen this podcast and but those talk, things can't be forced can't be forced no, we do wait. We do. And when we don't wait, we learn the same lesson again. Yeah, right, it, right. You got to wait. Exactly, right. We labor real hard for nothing. Yeah, I've done both. Ooh, I've spun my wheels before. But if you get the meaning of this, Titus 2, 10, 11, and 12, it really enlightens you yeah and it's it calls it a blessed hope yeah oh, sweet hope is is you're waiting for something and hope in Christ. the new testament is not an iffy thing it's not like the lottery Mm-mm. which i didn't get any numbers in the powerball last week yeah yeah that's a false hope yeah no, hope in the Bible certainty. Your, it's a certainty. It's going to happen. Right. You're just waiting for it. Yeah. So when we're waiting for the blessed hope, the manifestation of Christ in us, it's going to happen. Yes. It's just wait for it. Yes. Don't race ahead. Yes. Wait on the Lord. Exchange, waiting is exchanging their their strength for his. Uh, remember Jesus called it if your eye is single, it meant to entwine yourself with the Lord. The uh, the one in Isaiah forty also meant to entwine, become themselves. one flesh. Yeah, Jesus. When he, Jesus said, "Have the single eye," it's the same meaning as the Hebrew for waiting. They both mean to entwine themselves together. So, abide in the vine. Abiding in the <coughs> vine is the best example. And you bear much fruit. Yep. Yep. So all these commands in Titus 2, 1 through 10, when they get done, it's fruit of the Spirit, not acts of the flesh. Because the acts of the flesh are the opposite of... <laughs> if we read the acts of the flesh... And put them side by side by tight with Titus two one through 
10? It'd be the opposite of everything Ty <laughs> just told would, us to do. Right? I haven't even done it, but, but I would be willing to bet mm-hmm. that they would be the mirror opposite of each and every one of them. Yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. So, for our 100th podcast... Yes. Or actually 103. (laughs) For the sake of having a 100th podcast Podcast. labeled out, I'd say that's a pretty good one to, to do is waiting on the grace of God. Yes. Um, and with that, unless you have a closing thought, I, I think you do. I can tell by the look on your face <laughs> that you have a bunch of closing thoughts. So go ahead. What, is, what does that mean to you, Steve? Yeah. It, it means just what, what you said. You, you know, my wife she used to, I, I used to say things to her and then I'd be apologizing and saying, I, lately I didn't mean to say that. And she would say, I know those are just your words. It took me about a year and a half, two years to understand what she meant. She, she meant those are human words. Human words try to please the people around them. They try to edify the people around them. Human words try to be kind and gentle with their wording and everything, but human words fall short. And the power of God is a true edifying word. And Laylee knew that from like four years old. She lived an entire life with that as just a way of life, just knowing whether she's talking to the spirit or talking to the human nature. She knew that from a child and always was able to avoid the human nature and fellowship with the spirit. And she does it to me. And on and on it goes, but it should be a way of life for each and every one of us. You can't imagine how much of this New Testament has to do with the idea of manifesting and manifesting God to do for you what you can't do for yourself and to know when someone is manifesting and when they're not. Wow, that's so cool because I've actually noticed that about lately. When she answers you, she does wait. Yeah. And sometimes she doesn't say anything, but then she'll wait and then she'll say something. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize she's always been practicing that. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for a manifestation of and the spirit. We hope you out there listening to the podcast will, it'll become a way of life for you too, that you wait and you visually see the manifestations of God, because now you know what you're looking for. You're looking for God to invisibly show through somebody and you can see God and you can see whether it's human or spirit and it can become a way of life. And when you're doing that, you're literally entering the kingdom of heaven. You're feeling heaven on earth. We haven't even got into that aspect yet. 
but you will see that it is all good news and it's a beautiful way of life that we're talking about and we're going to keep on podcasting and keep on podcasting and please lord please work in everybody out there to promote this gospel this new covenant gospel that paul taught everywhere in every church cause the people listening to this podcast to push and click buttons and spread the word the good news in jesus name i pray amen amen and do one more thing if i could add that after the prayer uh, get a concordance and and look at titus 2 10 11 and 12 with a concordance and look up these two words for appearing and waiting and manifestation and look at it these words in other places and I think it'll bless you I know it will absolutely because it's saying the same thing everywhere and you'll see it everywhere okay you guys we love you and we will say good night for this podcast good night you guys we love you <laughs>